The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Welcome back to our Beyond the Pitch series. Matt Gash here with Tony Beltran, our feature this week. Tony, how are you? Mr. Gash, I'm well. Thank you for having me. We've uh, we've been kind of documenting people's tales of how they came to Salt Lake and how um, you know different uh, different elements to uh, some of these players that have become key figures with Real Salt Lake with the Royals and we're going to include some monarchs in there as well. But uh, Tony, I feel like we've told your story every which way possible, <laughs> so we're just kind of going to let you roll with some of the things that uh, are on your mind. But I think first, I think I know a lot of fans want to know. Um, how the recovery is going. This is such a long-term um, injury and uh, different than I think most things that you've, you've been through to this point. So what's, uh, what's your feeling right now as you're recovering from ACL surgery? Sure. I'm feeling good. And uh, this was a really complicated injury, you know, because it went beyond the ACL. The fact that I had to have the LCL reconstructed and then also the posterior lateral corner uh, repaired and the, the bone avulsion for the LCL, it, uh, you know, I, Dr. Cooper had his work cut out for him, mm-hmm. but he formulated a fantastic plan and two surgeries over the span of six weeks, which was a very tough time period for myself, for my family. Uh, just, you know, getting out of that, going under the knife, getting through that, feeling like a human again, and then starting over was kind of difficult. But I'm at the point now, my rehab five months out from that second surgery where I'm hitting milestones each week that uh, it's making it fun. This Friday, hopefully, if all goes well this week, will be the first time I'm running full body weight on grass. Oh, and wow. it's, yeah, absolutely. It's going to feel incredible. Um, yeah. I know they're going to cut me off after about 10 minutes, but still, it's going to be the best 10 minutes of my year so far. Um, so all is well. Dr. Cooper says my knee looks phenomenal, mm-hmm. uh, better than he expected it to. And um, I'm having as much fun with the rehab as I can, just challenging myself every week and, uh, learning a lot about myself in this recovery process as well. You go through the kind of physical toll of what the uh, recovery process brings, but how about the men- the mental aspect? How how much has that weighed on you? Just the just the mental aspect of recovering from something like this. Yeah, that's the, that's the most difficult part. I remember when I first met with Dr. Cooper and we, you know, had the MRI and he came in and, you know, I remember how pale his face was and he looked at me and, and explained to me what was going to go on and what had to happen and how difficult this was going to be. I remember that night going home and, and lying in bed and just thinking about the next year of my life and uh, how heavy that feeling was. Um, and, you know, the same holds true now, but it's a little different. I think uh, early on, especially in those first two, three months, kind of the unknown, um, just the topsy-turvy, the roller coaster of the both surgeries. And we had a four-month-old at that time, and, mm-hmm. you know, my wife taking care of an infant and then me being bedridden for, you know, three weeks and then another surgery, then another three weeks. It was, uh, it was grueling. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you add the sports side to it as well where um, all of a sudden what I do every day, my purpose in life is taken away suddenly it it's very jarring mentally mm-hmm. um so but i told myself early on i talked to my best friend um brandon about this 
and he gave me some really, really good advice that's held true through this whole thing. And he kept saying that no matter how hard every day is, no matter how difficult, when you're at home, when you come home, you need to be a positive, you need to exude positivity for your family because your family feeds off that energy. And so I've thought about that a lot, and that really is true. There's no sense in me coming home and being depressed every day, no matter how difficult each day was with the rehab or the scope of this all or whatnot. Um, And really, I think doing that and having my house, my home, my family be that kind of positive, safe haven has really helped um, me get through the mental toll of all this because, like you said, it's, it's the most difficult part of this kind of recovery. Were there days when that was difficult? <clears throat> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some days are better than others. I remember, mm-hmm. like, for example, the first day I ran an Alter G. You know, that felt like Christmas. It was, you know, mm-hmm. I'm running again, even though it's 25% body weight. Um, but you know, after doing that for five weeks and I'm only at 60%, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, there's days where you're excited for it and days where you really have to push yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, that's the challenge of this all is to know the timeline is so long and to know that every day you're not really going to see the progress that you're going to see if you look at the recovery over months, you know, right. or, or longer weeks and, and, um, you know, just getting up each day and just trying to work as hard as I can in a different way than I've ever worked before. How, um, I want to say beneficial, but uh, if you're going to, I guess the silver lining of this whole thing is, um, I would imagine you get to spend a lot more time with your newborn than you would have otherwise. Totally. And I think, uh, yeah, no, for sure. A lot of people told me that early on, you know, trying to find a positive silver yeah. lining in the saw. And I, to be honest, at the time, you know, we were just going into the off season anyways. And I, it was, wasn't something I really wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. It was very nice of a lot of people to say that to me, but I kept thinking to myself, it's the off season, you know, I'm not going to go leave him and go on vacation somewhere. I'd be right. spending time with him anyways. But now in hindsight and having lived through it, uh, they're absolutely right. And it has been a blessing. I don't think I could have gotten through it without that time with him mm-hmm. um you know i didn't because of what i was doing here i didn't have to travel for preseason and i don't right. have to travel uh you know every other week for the for the season and um you know him and i's relationship is something that if i didn't get hurt maybe it's different you right. know maybe he doesn't you know I, I don't know maybe he doesn't look at me the same way maybe he doesn't recognize me as much because i'm always a shit passing and uh so knowing that now i would if I could go back, I wouldn't change things. I'd, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd get hurt again because that's really the most important side of it all and really the what I've clung on to most through all of this. What's, uh, I, and I, I might have asked you this before, but what surprised you most about fatherhood? <laughs> uh, everything. Let's see. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what surprised me most, most about fatherhood? There's a lot of things I think... Um, one thing that I didn't expect in particular, okay, a couple of things. Um, number one, I didn't, I wasn't prepared for the transformation that I would see my wife go through. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is, you know, biological, you know, women, this is what they do. They're, right. you know, going through motherhood and experiencing the birth and all that. And then having that kind of like biological shift into being a mother, seeing that bond is something that completely blew me away. Mm-hmm. See that happen. It was absolutely incredible. Um, women are, you know, I thought they were incredible before, but what they go through and what they do for, for their children is, is absolutely, it's, it's awe inspiring. 
Um, and then real I, life Avengers, these real days. life Avengers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. But, uh, and then for me, I did not realize how much I would stress about everything. Yeah. It really, you know, people say two, it, three, and four. It's not the same. Yeah, no, that's, that's what, yeah. People keep people keep telling me that like two, three are like whatever. They'll be fine. But uh, I did not realize. Um, just you know, people say it changes the way you look at the world, mm-hmm. and you you can kind of you try to identify that, and you say, mm-hmm. oh wow, that's you know that's beautiful. But then it happens to you, and you realize how exactly that does happen. Right. And, you know, and it's it's so profound, and it's so cool, and. And there's just so much that I stress about now that I had never thought about before. And um, it, it, like I said, changes the way you look at life. For me, thinking back to when my oldest was young, um, it made me think about more about my relationship with my own parents. Have good, you gone through that? Great point. Yes, I did that as well. Um, it gives you a newfound appreciation of your parents. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you... You look at your your child, your son or your daughter, and you know how much you love them. And mm-hmm. then you think, oh, my gosh, my mother and father loved me this much. And I put them yeah. through <laughs> yeah. all that stuff that I put them yeah. through. It, it definitely does. It, it strengthens the relationship For between, sure. um, you know, yourself and your parents. And maybe that's why, you know, uh, my dad had a funny, funny thing he said to me. He's like, I, if I knew how incredible it was going to be having a grandchild, I would have done this the first time. And, you know, he's joking around, but, <laughs> but maybe that's why people say that having a grandson or a granddaughter is like, you know, even bigger than even more incredible than having a child because of that, you know, uh, that, that type of aspect of it. So, yeah. Um, what about the most challenging part? What's that? Most challenging part. There's a, a, a lot of them. Oh man. So to stick to the, we'll, we'll do a soccer one or not soccer one. Mm-hmm. I remember, He's born June 26th, and we played away in L.A. 10 days later, mm-hmm. I think, or maybe two weeks later. It was the first. Oh, the 4th of July. Fourth of Ju- Yes, 4th of July. Thank you. Um, so about a week later, and it was my first away trip. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, I took an Uber to the airport, and it's never happened before. Before we got on the freeway, I fell asleep in the Uber. I was just, you know, just so tired. <laughs> you take any minute you can get. Any minute you get, yeah. I understand why dads, you know, yeah. my parents just fall asleep in the couch at 6 p.m. <laughs> I totally get it now. But I think that those first three weeks adjusting, like, with the rigors of soccer to uh, to the no sleep schedule, um, you know, and I was trying to help out as much as possible. I was getting up with my wife, you know, doing that, so whatever, and, and uh, that was pretty difficult. Um, but then you hit a certain point, and it's just no big deal. Yeah. I remember around the two, three week mark, I was just like, all right, I can function. Like, yeah. this is no big deal. It's a new challenge. Um, and, you know, it didn't affect my play, or at least I, I think it didn't affect my play whatsoever. I thought I played even better. Um, <laughs> so that was the t- one of the toughest parts. What's yeah. about, what about you? What do you for think? For me? Yeah. Oh, man. The toughest part for me, uh, I think it was. Um, kind of I mean you, you, I think for me I think maybe it was realizing how selfish I was yeah. before you know the for things sure. that you don't really think about that are just like you know I do a b and c I gotta push off b and c and a becomes d because priorities one two and three are for sure kid and, for sure and you, you don't think of it as I mean at least I didn't think of it as selfish before and then you realize there's so much, so much more. So Total, much more, yeah. You know, 
your motivations change yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. One one thing having a kid definitely does is it makes you take a really hard look at yourself, mm-hmm. and you know you have to become the best version, or you want to become the best version of yourself mm-hmm. for your child. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You trim the fat a lot yeah. when you have kids, and you know you realize you make time for what's important. Yeah. You know, I, I still have friends that I go out of my way to make time for. Um, mm-hmm. Fortunately, a lot of them have kids, so that makes it easier. Yeah. But uh, everything else, you know, it really, the family is, you know, what's most important. Yeah. You realize that, yeah. And uh, I, I never, I, I, the regret that I have now in this totally different space and time in my life is that I didn't um, uh, prioritize the work stuff, I think, enough. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know how it is. We spend so much time on the road and so much It's insane, time. yeah you know, being married to the job, um, to a large degree. Um, in hindsight, I wish I'd known how much of that I really could put off and, and, uh, and make the kids more of kind of a, but I think in my head I had this, like, I need to do this. So for them, for theirs, well, no, I know what you mean. It's so, that's one of the the most interesting parts about it is uh, balancing your work and home life and how to, how to really how to do that. I remember, you know, and this is a theme that I see all the time in, in popular culture and in movies and whatnot. I remember even interstellar. I was, Mm -hmm. I watched that movie before I was a father and I was thinking, you know, the whole movie is about Matthew McConaughey and he has to do this thing to save the planet, but you know, he's Mm -hmm. trying to be a good father and whatnot. It's that balance of work aspirations and protecting your children. And I remember seeing that movie and trying to relate to that concept and, you know, understanding it was really hard for him. But then you're in that and mm-hmm. you realize how all encompassing emotionally and, yeah. you know, time wise having a child is. And it's like, yeah, how do you balance those work aspirations? Because yeah. like I said, I want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. So for my child's well-being, so he'll be proud of me one day, yeah. you know, so he can have a good life. But I also I don't want to get home at nine o'clock at night every night. It's right. You know, it's that time is precious. So it's crazy. It's a brave new world. And then one thing you'll find later is. The, uh, one of my, I did okay at this parent thing. One of those moments was, I think my oldest was four maybe. And it was one of those later nights when he should be asleep, but it's not like super late. Mm -hmm. And I'm downstairs working on something, sitting in front of, I remember sitting in front of my couch working on something. And just had the TV on, just background noise. TNT was playing Star <laughs> Wars. Nice. He comes downstairs. It was Empire Strikes Back. He comes downstairs and he sits down and is just glued. And oh I was my like, gosh. Yes. This kid's going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something doing right. It. Yeah. And it was, you know, every commercial break, he's like, I was like, all right, let's go to bed. And he's like, it's not over yet. And I'm like, it they just, just keeps going. And keeps Luke going. just got to Dagobah, Dad. Yeah. We got to. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he stayed up all the way through the end and was like fixated. And uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't in the way that um, m- you know, mindlessly watching. Yeah, he there was, was there was uh, you could see the wheels turning and him like asking questions and that he was involved in it. It was and it wasn't. He was, I mean, he was fixated on this screen, but it was, there was a a process to it that he was. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. 
Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Talking about it, and it wasn't just a distraction. It was something he was... That, to me, was a really proud moment because oh, I grew up sure. on that, and now every time one of these new ones comes out, it's, you know... You can the, share that together, yeah. yeah. And so Absolutely. my kids are coming here in June, so I'm going to have to find, you know, a way to not go to that movie for yeah. three weeks <laughs> right. until they get here, which is gets back to the selfishness part I was talking about earlier. Outside of the parenthood part, you're you're a reader. You're you're a, a, a I would say connoisseur of those oh, types of things. Matthew, thank uh, you. <laughs> I want to I want to get into those and kind of um, you know if we want to call it Tony Beltran's book club. I think <laughs> you know what do you what do you have you been able to read more through this whole process? Are you changing kind of the way that you're reading? Oh and yeah, what the kind of things you're reading. Like we said, uh, you know, selfishness and and time. I'm yeah. definitely reading in a different matter now. Yeah. It's you know, it's at at eight thirty. Once he goes to bed, then I then I read. Or mm-hmm. if I get up early um, before he wakes up in the morning. Whereas I used to, you know, be able to, you know, read all day. Yeah. And especially now that I'm not traveling, um, you know, that's when I would crush yeah. books when we travel. But uh, I remember when when my wife told me this is a really funny story. Um, this is a really stupid story. I, I hope they all are yeah, in the end. Right? I hope this translates, yeah. uh, you know, over this medium. But so I remember. When she first told me that she was pregnant and that I was going to be a dad, I remember in that exact moment, it was the maybe the dumbest thought I've ever had. Mm-hmm. But I had just watched um, uh, The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. She was out of town and she was coming back into town. Yeah. And she told me that. I remember my first thought was, uh, Indiana Jones's dad is Sean Connery. Who am I? Like, <laughs> I was like, in, you know, like someone, because I immediately yeah. thought like, okay, my son's going to be, he's totally going to just beat up Nazis in the weekend and like, you know. <laughs> Search for like, yeah, you know, archaeological lost, lost yeah. treasures and whatnot. And uh, I was like, that, you know, Indiana Jones' dad is Sean Connery. I'm, there's no way yeah. I'm as cool as that guy. Yeah. Um, really dumb thought. But, anyways, <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> I just had to tell that story. I've but, been there. Yeah. <laughs> but so after that, you know, of course, like, you know, super emotional, all that. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I went out and bought all the dad books. Yeah. I remember I read like, I don't know, I read like 10 of them or something yeah. like that. And you kind of, you, you take small little bits to, yeah. I mean, I don't want to knock anybody if they're, if they've written any of those books out right. there, but it's hard to absorb that. And again, yeah. nine months, it's actually 10 months. It's a long time to wait. Yeah. So I like crammed for some test and then waited eight months and mm-hmm. you know, things changed during that time and, and whatnot. But, uh, sorry, I'm going off rails, no, but good, anyways, good. so then once, once, uh, he came, my reading time went down drastically, right. of course. But, uh, you know, most of our reading was internet searches about, you know, what to do, what to do if, you know, is something yeah. wrong? Is this, and then if there's any future parents out there, don't Google things. Google will drive you nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah, then you overanalyze, like, how you're exactly. doing something when the way you're doing it works just e- fine. Exactly. Um, so now I'm, I just read, you know, after he goes to bed, like I said, around 830 for mm-hmm. 90 minutes, a couple hours. And um, I had... Uh, Right now, I'm reading this book, One Q84. It's uh, um, people may have heard me talk about my favorite author, Haruki Murakami, mm-hmm. Japanese author. And um, I had this idea that 
I've read his entire works except this book. This is the last book I've read. There's actually two that haven't been translated to English yet. So maybe okay. after this, I'll just learn Japanese and then <laughs> and then yeah. uh, read that or like ask my wife to read it to me or something. Yeah. But um, I had this idea. Do you ever see the show Lost? Yeah. Yeah. You remember Desmond? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Desmond was so cool. Yeah. Um, the season one and season two of Lost were phenomenal television. Yeah. When The Hatch came out and all that. But remember he had this thing with Charles Dickens where he had written every word that he had written except this one book and he was going to read that book before he died Mm -hmm. or something or when he was in a dramatic situation. Um, I don't know why, but Mm -hmm. for for whatever reason, I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. You know, maybe I'll do that. This is my favorite author. I've loved absorbing everything he's written, but maybe I'll put this one off for, you know, when I'm in later in life or Mm -hmm. something, when I'm a different person. But it shows the willpower I had about... Two months after right. I set that, I was like, no, nah, I want to read this book. <laughs> I really want to read this book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm currently like halfway through that right yeah. now. And uh, it, like I said, it's a lot slower because I'm only reading a couple hours a day. Yeah. yeah. What's, the, uh, what's the subject matter? What's the... <clears throat> For his books, they're, oh, man, um, kind of all across the board. He typically deals in like, um, like magical realism, mm-hmm. you know, it's all fiction. Well, except a couple books, mostly fiction, but his characters are generally males who kind of don't fit into societal norms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very, very interesting books. He has, he has a way with words, but this one is about kind of a, an alternate J- Japan that has come about for these, because of these two characters and where they're at in life and their timelines meeting through a story that was written by i don't want to give too much away mm-hmm. but by like you know by like a girl that kind of unites their fates gotcha. um it's really really interesting very very imaginative i'm all about story and uh you know he's he definitely is a master of story uh, it sounds in mm-hmm. some at least i'm way reaching here probably but it sounds a little like cloud atlas cloud atlas yeah oh yeah kind of like that there's but all not these different realities and kind of their a little bit, yeah. Cloud Atlas is more like uh, multi, multi, multi generational, yeah, you know, yeah. over a long time period. This is kind of in a futuristic alternate Japan gotcha. where th- all of a sudden things are changing and they realize there's two timelines that they're living. Gotcha. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. But it kind of, yeah, definitely kind of. I think in my in my head, <laughs> I've, I kind of read that as um, uh, not necessarily parallel timelines, but how through multi-generational whatever that things that, come to be and things, they yeah, find each other and whatnot. Yeah, yeah no, totally. I love, there's lines in that book that I just adore. Oh, yeah. I wish I could Ryan just, have yeah. a brain that worked that well. Yeah, me but, too. <laughs> I wish I had a photograph of memory. That'd be useful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you write as well? Uh, not well, not as yeah. well. You know, I like all great readers. I would yeah. love to, you know, yeah. I've definitely thought about it and I think someday, um, I for sure will, 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 try to write a few books at least. Mm-hmm. I have definitely have some ideas. What's your um, method? Do you have any sort of like ideas? Down idea, or well, yeah, yeah. I definitely have ideas, but I don't, I don't think I'm ready, you know, yeah. maybe ready to share them with, uh, okay. with the world at this yeah. point. Not that the world is listening, but you know, um, Oh no, there's millions. Of, we've got millions <laughs> on the podcast network right now, right? Yeah. Millions. Um, but yeah, over the years, you know, I've, I've taken notes. I've written some mm. stuff for my wife and, um, and just, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm typically, or I pride myself on my creativity uh-huh. in, in, you know, not just in, in fiction, but in all things, I like to be mm-hmm. a creative person. 
And so that would be a uh, medium, an outlet that I would love yeah. to love to love to love to do someday. And something that I've thought about a lot too since becoming a parent, um, maybe something that I'll prioritize. One of the other things coming back to that is that I'm, I'm like constantly worried, you know, what if something happens and, you uh -huh. know, he doesn't get to grow up knowing me or I, right. I don't know. Just There's just so many things to worry about. Yeah. And I've often thought, well, you know, maybe if I, you know, wrote something, mm -hmm. you know, or kept a journal or, you know, this, that, and whatever, it yeah. would give him a clue into really who I am as a, as a man mm -hmm. um, later on in life. So, so yeah, we'll see. Do you, so do you handwrite? Do you type? No, no, no. Definitely type. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely type. Whenever I have the time, again, usually it used to be on trips. Yeah. Not so much anymore. So probably late at night. Um, maybe I'll copy some. Uh, the guy, my favorite author, Uru Kimura Kami, this guy's insane. He gets up at like 4 a.m., mm -hmm. writes for four hours, and then he's a triathlete. So then he goes and runs like 15 miles and wow. then comes back and writes for four. There's no yeah. way I could sit for four hours and then go run that long. My back but would explode. I feel like that would be a good way to get the creative process for sure. working, you know? Totally. That's a good point. If it's just you and the road, you know? That's true. <laughs> just me and the, yeah. Uh, That's one thing I miss about uh, being a, a civilian and not a pro athlete. Yeah. It's a silly term, a civilian. That's <laughs> all I could think of. Um, I know what you meant. Yeah, you know, okay. Is I used to love running uh, late at night or in the morning, yeah. you know, just out in the streets. And there's, you know, we can't do that now because we're, our workload is so high. Right. It'd be foolish. Yeah. I hope none of my teammates are doing that. Um, but uh, I, I really miss doing that. That'll be something I enjoy once yeah. I stop playing. Yeah. I like handwriting myself. Handwriting? Yeah, it's, there's just something, you know, finding the pen that you trust. I and mean, that's a phrase that I use and people kind of look at me like no 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 i think that's about, fair man? i think i love the roman I, I, romantic side of that timmy that's... tim weaver and i went in vancouver we went mm -hmm. to a pen store Ooh. and he's like pen store that's a thing and i'm like i'm geeking out over i her, geek yeah. out yeah and i found i remember i was in kansas city once and i found this pen and i was like oh i like that one that one looks cool and i they're like here you try it right with it whatever it was like the pen was writing, not my hand. You know what I mean? And so it was like, wow, this is really cool. And it was like $480 oh or something. And I was like, I don't think <laughs> uh, I'm there yet. Yeah. I don't think I'm quite there yet. Give me the $30 one and we'll <laughs> see if I can work up to it. But um, That is, I do, that definitely resonates with me as well. But since I've been out of school for so long, like, and since computers are so prevalent, yeah. you know, you lose that the muscles in yeah. your hand. Like now I try to, to write freehand and after a page, I'm, you know, oh, I yeah. can barely open my yeah, hand. You got a little cramping in yeah. your fingers. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, I buy, I, I'm like, you ever see a conspiracy theory? Conspiracy theory? I don't think it was so. It Mel Gibson movie. Oh, I'm so oh, sad Years and years it. ago. Okay. He, uh, From he, the eighties? Nineties. Mm. Late nineties probably. Yeah. Um, but he's, there's this weird thing, weird thing where he has to, every time he sees the book Catcher in the Rye, he has to buy it. Oh, I know and this movie. The, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like the government's way of tracking it. That's right. But, yeah, um, that's right. Oh. I'm that way with um, composition notebooks. <laughs> Anytime I see them, I'm like, I'm going to want one of those later. Yeah. I buy one, and it's this college rule. And no, like, I agree. There's just like... Unlimited possibilities. Yeah. You know, that's your canvas. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> enough about me and my idiosyncrasies. No, I like it. Let's um, spin this. I 
kind of want to hear more about where where you want to take this thing because we're going to hand the keys over to you eventually and just let you start driving this vehicle. Yeah, I'm really excited. One of the things that you know I've noticed uh, since being injured is I miss the creative outlet mm-hmm. uh, that soccer gives me. You know, kind of that sense of purpose, and I'm getting that through the rehab at this point. But I, I want to be involved in different ways and kind of you know challenge myself in different ways. And I'm really excited that you guys brought the idea of myself um, kind of heading a podcast and um, you know we're not exactly sure what it's going to be called yet there's a lot of people mm. are working on it um, yeah so we'll, we'll see but uh, <laughs> um, I'm excited about the possibilities and All I right. think it's kind of kind of be free form just about to be honest about things that are capping in my life things mm. that I enjoy and just kind of a, a way to relate my world the people in my world to you know everybody else who who cares about rsl and salt lake really to extend that as much as i do so whether it's movies you know books friends telling stories uh you know we're sitting next to this beautiful chess board i love chess maybe we can yeah podcast a me versus matt gash chess game (laughs) okay do some speed chess Uh it could be anything so i'm excited and honored that uh you know you guys thought of me well i think there's a lot of uh we get so um, kind of wrapped up in the day-to-day work of what we do. And what yeah. We, you know, the, this harrowing work of watching <laughs> sports and conveying them to the public. Uh, you know, it's really, um, you know, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think when, when we have that and you get into the kind of grind of a day-to-day, week-to-week, and you mm-hmm. don't have any days off and things like that, yeah. when something like this comes up, though, everybody wants a piece of it within our group at least because they're like this is going to be a really fun creative opportunity even if even if all i'm doing is writing the description that goes (laughs) with the podcast as it goes up like that's what i want to own that because it feels i mean this is something that uh, we've missed having you around day to day i know and um so to have something like this that's like you know it's going to be entertaining, at least from our perspective. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be, um, I think, thought-provoking, um, challenging, I think, to the listeners in some way, mm-hmm. um, which I think people – I use that word and people take it, I think, the wrong way, that like challenging – it's not going to be difficult to listen to, but it's going to challenge you, make you think differently, make you – Think uh, about yeah, yeah. soccer soccer players differently right. and just a little outside of – yeah what we usually deliver. I used that to describe my relationship with a girlfriend once and she didn't take it the way that I intended. Um, I'd had to explain my way around that. And I think that's a long story, but uh, not for the listeners by any stretch, but, uh, but I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. And thank you. I hope so. I'm glad I'm honored. You guys thought of me very flattered and we can, we can take people inside this room here. This is, this is an incredible room. Yeah. But thanks again, Tony, for joining us. Appreciate it. Looking forward to many more, many more episodes to come. Thank you, Matt. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. And yeah, we'll see what, uh, what comes with this new podcast, but it should be, should be exciting. I hope people like it. More to come throughout the year with Tony Beltran on the Real Salt Lake Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. 
up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 